Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. of you and your health in 2022. And we think that it's going to be a great program for us all and uh, something that we'll learn a lot about our own lives this way. It's going to be great. Uh, you know what we stand for with Raising Expectations and you know who our, our, our team is comprised of. We have with us Dr. Paul Hall. He's back from theologging this week. He's been doing a great job theologging all week. And so Paul is with us. He's a retired pastor uh, but uh, and theologian and continues to minister to people everywhere. We also have with us on the, on the East Coast, excuse me, in Central America, Texas, we have Pastor Ron Greer, who uh, will be tuning in here any minute. Uh, Ron is... Uh, uh, actually from Wisconsin, I think, to begin with, but he's a great pastor. He helps disciple men, and he's loved by his people. Uh, so in any event, we'll be looking for that a little later on. There may be a message I haven't got yet, but don't worry. He'll be there pretty soon. And then also, um, we also have it. He may not be with us tonight. We just got the message yeah. coming yeah. in. Uh, yeah, family. He's got family thing. Okay. Hey, yeah. folks. Well, I just got the message. Boy, this team has great mess. We just share everything. So he may not be with us tonight. He has had some family emergencies. So uh, he'll be back with us again next week, if not tonight. So uh, our other very special team members from the East Coast by way of Sacramento is Stephanie and Dr. Craig Thayer. And you know all about them. She is a, a renowned health and wellness coach, and she trains people how to take care of themselves from the inside out. That's the thing we love about it. Uh, we are people of faith, and she shares Christ and empowers people to do what's right on their own through the power he puts in them. And then, of course, Greg is a, is a, is a surgeon. He's a specialist in nutrition. He's a trauma surgeon and uh, we always say it, we get questions about stuff. We just call uh, Craig up and say, Craig, what do you think about this? Because he always knows what's going on. And we really love and appreciate them both also. So if I have a health problem, I call East. If I have a theologue question, I go South. And if, if I have any other question, basically I go straight up. And that's what I want to do tonight real quick. But I want to pass this over to you. Somebody said to me, where'd you get the name Raising Expectations? And so we got to talking about that a little bit. And, you know, we are people of faith. We believe in today's world that uh, it's, it's very important that you know God, that you have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. That's a great thing. But the best thing is he walks with us every day of our life. 
He's here with us. So somebody said, how do you raise an expectation? Hey, quick verse, and I want to kick this over on your help. You know, it says in the book of Ephesians, really like this, in chapter 3, verse 19 and verse 20 right here, it says, this talks about me. How about you too? This is really good. It says, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Well, there's not enough knowledge around today. This world we live in, it's really great to know it surpasses it. It says that you may be filled with the fullness of God. You look at that word, you theologue it a while. The love, the presence, the joy, the peace, the assurance that he's there. Here's the verse for expectation. It says, now to him who is able to do far more than abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. He's working in us. He knows what's going on. He's got a plan for our lives. So every week we try to talk about different things to encourage and strengthen you and lift you up. One of the biggest things we could talk about is health, how to understand who you are, how you're made, and how to take care of us. So, Paul, it's going to be just the two of us. We're going to have to clap twice as loud tonight. It's just you and me, bro. Let's welcome Stephanie and Craig. Here they come. And the background music, too. So, hey, Stephanie and Craig, talk to us. Tell us about how you how you coach all your folks and, and what we could do at that point. Well, you know, I love it. You just said how um, health is an important piece of our life. And I, I think it's so true. And it's often misunderstood, especially in the faith-based community. I think it's sort of the area of life that we perhaps take care of last. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interconnected with everything else. When you feel better, you're able to do better in all the other areas of your life. So I, I my hope is that people will start to give it a little bit more um, attention. And I think it's, I think it's hard. I think people get frustrated when they don't see results and they're trying to be good. And so they, you know, give up. So I, I totally understand. I've heard all the different struggles. So just a little sidebar on health in general. Yeah. You know, it's the conundrum in the Bible really, because, you know, being a Christian is about serving above self, right? And Jesus had said, I'm here to serve and not be served, right? Amen. So if you take that to an extreme, you're sacrificing yourself every day, every minute, and, and at, at the cost of gaining weight, getting out of shape, not hydrating, etc. that's unhealthy. And that, it also says you need to take care of your temple because that's you know, created in a perfect image and you're destroying it by not taking care of it. So so there's there's a balance there. Amen. Okay, I want to jump in here. Okay. Yeah. Theologue. I've, I've been theologuing about that as well. Uh, but that was a big jump. Uh, just, just as a, just as a personal aside, uh, those of you who are listening, and and uh, and I do do want to put this out seriously. Um, our brother, our friend Ron Greer, lost it, lost his brother uh, this this past week, and uh, very unfortunate. It was a single car. Uh, accident uh involved uh etc but um those of you who are praying people who love the lord and uh, i just like for you to lift him up uh and his family he's with his family tonight and uh, they're making arrangements and and we're not sure when the service will be but um you, you can never prepare your heart for that kind of breakage you know you you just never can but i just want to throw that out uh, that that you remember ron that we remember ron together and uh, because he's a precious brother in christ and uh, that's right and, 
we just want to remember that. So uh, with that in mind, uh, let me come let me come back circle to what we're talking about health wise. Um, because I'm as old as I am, and I've and I've been around for just a little while, uh, I can remember um, Stephanie in line of what you said um, in the church life in the faith based community that I grew up in in my early teens. We never talked about good eating things like that you know it was just I mean, we just we just ate we assumed everything was good for you um i guess we did and then and then there was this um there was this seemed like a, an awakening around the country it was a thing called jazzercise uh, if you remember that and yes. uh, and the a lot of people in the town that i was living in in california at the time they just got behind that and remarkable and and uh, almost like uh uh, achieve cult-like status, you know, in, in jazzercise. Uh, and, and with that came a whole um, bevy of teaching, you know, that, that came along with that. Uh, and then we Christianized it, uh, you know, uh, rather than jazzercise, we, we baptized it and gave it another name and exercise in church. And, um, and then I'd never heard of anything called a health food store. Um, we didn't have such a thing like that. Okay. So to set that, that tone just a little bit and how we've come, um, I, and perhaps some understandings or misunderstandings, would you do us the favor of just kind of walking us through a day? I know that, I know that you and Tank are uh, really active people. You hike, you swim, you ski, you do, you know, you do all kinds of things like that. And on top of that, you do mission trips. And, and I mean, it's just amazing. But, but for those of us who may not be as active as you are, okay, uh, take us through a typical day, or perhaps, perhaps help us understand what would a good day look like for a person who is learning and growing and wants to make some fundamental changes. Is that a fair question? Yeah, sure. And you said a couple other things before. So jazzercise, I remember all the stacked socks. That was a really big deal. And, you know, yeah, I've even seen yoga. You know, there's a whole holy yoga branch. Like there are a lot of iterations of it inside the church, you know, how we can take one thing and then try to make it it's oh, funny sure. sometimes. Yeah. So there's, there's two main pieces. There's, you know, um, what you put in your body and then there's movement. And so I will say both are very important. If you are looking for physical health, about 80% of that is really going to come in your food. It's, it's what happens in the kitchen. And about 20% of it is the exercising. So it's very common for us to see people that go to the gym a lot or are very active, but they're not as healthy as they want to be. What's really common is someone goes to the gym and then they eat like a huge burrito or a pizza afterwards because they deserve it. So yes, they have great muscle mass, which you don't want to lose, especially as you get older, but what's happening on the insides and your organs and all of that sort of thing. Um, and so we really want people to do both, but it, the food is the most important and it's a really big industry. There is a supplement, a product for everything. I mean, if you look at the health space, it's very confusing and it can be very overwhelming. And so a couple general advice, 
Um, if you can get nutrition from your food, it's always better. Nutritional quality is reducing with our soil for lots of reasons. Um, if you can afford organic, at least for the dirty dozen, there's a list you can Google it of dirty dozen vegetables. So like strawberries is one of those because it grows in the ground, right? And so if you spray it, the flesh strawberry is going to take an excessive amount of all the pesticides as opposed to like banana. It has a shell on it. It's okay by a regular, you know, so, and if you're on a budget, a farmer's market is an amazing place to go. Um, there are, it's called a CSA. There's a crop share agreement. You can just Google CSA near me and you can find a local farmer that you basically buy a small share. And during the crop season, you will get a, so we, we've done it. I think it was $300 and we got like 25 weeks of produce. And I mean like massive bin of produce, right? So it, wow. it helps the farmer get their um, cost at the beginning, you know, so they can plant and everything. And then they share a portion of that with you. So it's also great for your local economy. Um, but a typical day, I think for us, I, I love coffee. So if you told me I couldn't have coffee, probably wouldn't listen to you. So I, I always, well, okay. At the risk of really embarrassing, we talk about poop probably more than anything else as health coaches. So, well, I do, I don't know if you do, it should be, it should be very (laughs) soft, almost like soft serve ice cream. Some people think that's diarrhea. That is not diarrhea. Most of us are constipated and dehydrated. So honestly, the first thing I do when I wake up, is I go number two. My body is very used to that. So you want to be able to go to number two, at least once a day. If you're not, we'll talk about what you can do with that. But then I get up, I make my coffee. When I make my coffee, I drink a glass of water because it's really easy for me not to get my water intake in. Right. And I'll just, I'd rather sip on coffee all morning. Um, I usually have a small snack within an hour of waking up the program that we use actually controlling it provides you with five eatings throughout the day and the reason I do that is because most people don't eat enough and they don't get the right nutrients and so this kind of helps me reset someone's body so I might have one of those or maybe I'd have like a half of a banana or so it doesn't have to be big 10 nuts something like that and then I actually have a timer that goes off every two and a half hours throughout the day um so then I might make like I would do two eggs and a little like a cup of Brussels sprouts. That would be something like things like that. I like to eat Um, and sort of all throughout the day. And that's a habit that I would love everyone to have. It's very opposite of our fast paced culture, but that grazing concept, what happens is your blood sugar becomes very consistent. So I don't know if you've ever had, you know, you have a big bagel or muffin in the morning and you feel great for 20 minutes and then you feel like you need a morning nap. It's because you have so much carb in your body, so much quick sugar, and then you just kind of drop off. And that's very common for the American diet. One, because it's a bigger chunk of food at once. And usually because it doesn't also have protein or fat in it. And each of those, they're called um, micronutrients. Each one is really important for your body. Like when someone says, oh, you should have a diet. And by the way, diet just means how you eat. You should have a diet that has no fat or you should have a diet that has no carbs. You need all of them. Now, the quantity 
sure, you know, I mean, if you have all fat, it's really bad for you. We, you can talk about keto in a little bit if you want. It's really dangerous for your body, but it's popular. So there are some things that people do that are just not, um, please don't listen to your best friend's cousin who told you they lost 40 pounds in two days. You know, something is <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and, and even if you did lose it, what's happening to your organs and your inside, right? Because there's a lot of diseases that can be even hidden. You can look physically fine, but if you're eating junk all the time, it's damaging the inside of your body. So I, um, I try to move every day. Paul, I know you had mentioned you had been sick. We had been sick too. And so I haven't worked out in like a week and a half. And that's really hard for me. So movement gives you natural endorphins. So if you take, is it a 15 minute walk? It's as much endorphins as your body as if you had a Snickers bar. So if you're not feeling great, get outside, take a quick walk. It's, it's good for your mind. It's good for your body. Um, I tell people with movement, find something you don't hate. There are a lot of people I know that do not like to move. Okay. Well, what makes you the least miserable, right? Because if you hate it, you're not going to stick to it. The older we get, if you can do um, weight resistance, it has a lot of good for you. (coughs) Hold on. Speaking of sickness, I got to go cough. All right. So the the biochemistry involved with the eating five to six times a day is what you said. When your glucose level peaks, your pancreas makes insulin, which drives the glucose into the cell to be metabolized and used as energy. And when you have a big peak and you drop that quickly, that makes you hungry. So if you can eat six meals, figure breakfast and then a snack, lunch and a snack, dinner and a snack, um, and you keep that glucose level fairly consistent and constant, then you don't get these peaks and you don't need to eat as much. You won't feel like you eat as much. So, um, and like what she said, you know, pick, the motion pick what's what we like to do otherwise you're not going to do it and the other i think mistake people make is like you know they pick 20 things they want to change on new year's day pick one yeah and doing it alone is hard you know so then you get halfway through the day and you're like well i already ate the cookie in the break room and that's i think that's the other thing is to um accountability to self we give up on ourselves very very quickly you don't have a cheat day. You don't fall off. You don't, I don't know, whatever people say, it's you, it's your life, you know, stop beating yourself up about whatever the thing was. And by the way, we, we teach, I hate the word balance, but we, we teach that this is life. I love food. I'm a complete foodie. I think people think that we eat cardboard or something. You food is meant to enjoy around a table you know, and, and I'm going to have a good meal. And if it's a holiday or it's a birthday, like I'm going to have stuff. I try not to have a lot of sugar because I love sugar. And if I have sugar, I want more of it. And so for me, I just know, I mean, in high school, I lived off of jelly beans and, um, laffy or uh, taffy, saltwater taffy. My best friend's mom had it in the house. I mean, I would eat, I don't even know how much I would eat every single day, probably 20 pieces at least just when I was at her house. So, you know, the more sugar you have, the more you want it. Um, A typical dinner for us um, is pretty simple. I mean, a lean meat of some 
find five or six ounces, which is a lot. Your palm is like four, so it's pretty good size. Three servings of vegetables. Um, find a vegetable you don't hate. That's what I tell people. They're like, I don't like this. Cool, don't ever eat it. You know, the more variety you have in your life, the better. Um, if you have kids, we always add um, bread or rice or pasta. Kids need, need a lot more calories. Uh, we, ha we have helped teenagers. We, well, we've, we've even helped an 11-year-old, um, but they need more food. Um, and actually some seniors as they're, if seniors are wanting to lose weight, they actually need more food too. They need to go through it in a little bit slower of a process. Um, so it's kind of, it's interesting. And I, I've never been a large person and I've always been very active. So even when I went on my own weight loss journey, it was only 20 pounds, which isn't that much. I mean, I lost, like, I gained like 45 pounds with each baby, but that kind of comes off in time, you know. But one of the things that I've learned is um, some of the heaviest people that I've helped, they almost don't eat and they've tried everything and they don't know what to do. And in my mind, being completely ignorant, I assumed they were eating 10 burgers a day and most of them aren't. And what happens is they have shut down their metabolism. And if you yo-yo diet a lot, it'll do that too. So they're not eating their body's in survival mode. So if you don't eat enough, your body will take its muscle storage, which is your most valuable. If you're, if you're sick and you go to the hospital and you're in the ICU for a while, your body's going to eat its muscle storage, right? So he talks about that. Like that's where that muscle buildup is really valuable for you. Um, and it keeps the fat. So these, these people that are very overweight have a massive body fat percentage because that's all that's left. And it's so dangerous. And he'll, he'll come home sometimes and talk about surgery and operating and the recovery is harder. It's much more difficult to do it just because they have so much fat around every organ. Like, I mean, it's everything, you know, your heart. I mean, think about how much harder you have to work and they don't know what to do. So um, that's why we love to help people. And even if you're doing it on your own, try not eating little bits every few hours. 10 nuts is one of my favorites as a snack for people because I think people make it really difficult and it doesn't, you don't have to make some gourmet <laughs> meal plan, you know, keep it simple. Yeah. And if you, there's probably some tables that you can look at if you Google metabolic rate, but <clears throat> the simpler way, which is kind of a good gut check is go to some place that has what's called an in-body scanner. So you stand on this, this scale and it measures your weight, but then you hold these two paddles and it measures your percent body fat and your muscle mass and a bunch of other things. One arm, arm has muscle density and the other is muscle density, but it'll give you your metabolic rate as well. So if it's 2,400 calories a day, then that's what you need to, you know, it's, cal it's physics, calories in equals calories out. You add above what your baseline is, you're going to gain weight. So it doesn't matter whether it's a protein, fat, or, or carb. So, but it, it gives you an idea of where you should be. Um, and I think there are tables by height and weight and stuff like that. So you have to spend whatever it costs to do that, but that's another option. Yeah. Your local, like, like you said, health food store, a lot of the local nutrition stores that offer supplements and that kind of thing will have one of those. And a lot of them offer it for free, uh, because they hope, you know, you'll, you'll give them some business. I am not a fan of the scale. I don't, 
love the scale. Your weight can fluctuate for lots of things. And especially women, we tend to kind of obsess about it. It's a measure, not the best measure. And I said this before, but the biggest indicator of health is your waist. And they say for women, it should be under 31 inches. And for men, 38 inches um, for health. That's just preventative of diseases and that sort of thing. So that's a pretty good measure for, for most people. We all know how our clothes are feeling or not feeling, <laughs> you know, like COVID, we got a lot of sweatpants going on with the stay home order. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Scrubs, <clears throat> you don't have to have a belt. You just have a tie. So <laughs> your bow may get smaller and smaller. You just don't realize it. <laughs> and scrubs, you can hide a lot. It's true. Hey, with, with guys. Lot, yeah, yeah, with men. So you got to put on first. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ted. What was that? No, I was going to say, until you put on a pair of slacks and go, oh, I can't get these zipped up. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I was wondering when yeah. you sh- you both shared that, the um, is that uh, with guys particularly, uh, is it like, is it called adipose tissue or something? It's right around the middle. If you if you can't seem to make it go away, it likes you very much. It just stays there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Not really. Do you want to talk about adipose fat? Yeah, so I mean, we have two two fats. One's dangerous, the other one's less so. So the the sub Q fat, so right below your skin, between skin and muscle, is called subcutaneous, and that's not as dangerous as mesenteric. So inside, and that's a wheat belly. There's a cardiologist who wrote a book called Wheat Belly. Um, you, those people have stored fat within their abdomen, and it's in the mesentery or the blood supply to their intestines. And that's directly next to and feeds the blood supply to the pan, you know, to the pancreas. So it's seeing all these lipids, which then makes you a diabetic from the inflammation of the lipids and the fat binding of receptors for insulin and other things. And um, we found, I don't know how many type two diabetics we have completely gotten off of meds in like a week, two weeks. We, we, we tell them you need to keep checking in with your doc because you're going to need you're going to get lightheaded and faint somewhere down the road because your glucose is going to be too low. So I've really learned that type two diabetes for most people is a symptom of being overweight. The, um, Interesting. That that in body scanner that you <clears throat> mentioned measures adipose tissue as well, and um, I I've, you can even Google for that um, that scale if you want. Um, but that is a really good measure to watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was a time we were talking, Paul, <laughs> I was a, like a 38 waist back at, uh, preaching. I used to call it my pulpit bumper just for safety. You know, when you preach every Sunday that that didn't work after the first month, but anyway, you know, I, I at 34 inch waist, I, and I and I locked in. I've been that way for quite a while, 34 inch, and it, but I still would like to sit up, say, say all that stuff, you know, and you know, only eating fudge in December, but things like this to try to keep the exercise. It still never really gets. Maybe I could see where they used to be those whatever those bumps are called, the ripples, whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, so the 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 other 20%, the working out is where the refinement comes, right? And of course, that's the last thing to go. I mean, like women, we're always like, oh, I'm losing it, my breast and my butt. And they want to, you know, like have it go other places. It doesn't work like that. You know, most of us, the the bad part for our health, the the gut area is the last to go. 
And um, I am not a personal trainer. I'm not licensed in that. But I, I personally would recommend if you can lift some kind of weights three times a week. If you're only doing it two times a week, you're probably not going to get the result that you need. You're actually, when you lift weights, you're actually breaking down your muscles. You're making little tiny tears in them and then they repair. So that is what continues to make you stronger. So if you don't do it frequently enough, you're not going to get what you want out of it. And by weightlifting, I mean, you could do body weight at home, pull up YouTube. There are a million things. If you have space to buy one piece of equipment, get a kettlebell, a lightweight kettlebell. It's just a weight that has one handle. You can do a full body workout with a kettlebell. You know, you can get cans of vegetables and work out. So it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. It can be if that's what you want, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. Um, there are some movements and things that I like more than others. I hit workouts are very popular, which is high intensity training, like burpees, jumping side to side, that sort of thing. CrossFit, Orange Theory, there's other ones. Um, I would be very cautious of doing something like that. If you have more than 40 pounds that you need to lose, we have seen a lot of people have joint injuries because they're trying to do lateral movements with extra weight. And so I'd rather see, and I, by the way, I love those workouts personally, but I'd rather see you do something that's more controlled, you know, at a gym, those machines keep you in good form. And the most important thing you can do is have good form, much more important than that heavy weight. So the guy at the gym, that's like, oh, don't worry about yeah, him. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the other thing that this program teaches you because teaches you how to be a coach is for people that you're training to set a goal that is your lowest amount you can do for that year mm. in other words you're never going to have a day that year that you can't do this because mm. if you do as soon as you hit like you go crazy the first day you're going way over what that would be next day you're too sore so now you physically can't do it and then mentally you don't want to do it so you give up right so but if you went at a slow rate or weight or both that you knew you could do the whole year and what will happen is is you'll do that the first week and you'll maintain it and go hey I do this and the next week now you're a little stronger so you will maybe I'm going to add two reps or something and I would say don't add more than five percent probably probably the, uh, the quickest would be two weeks probably more like a month I mean, we've had clients, you know, take a five minute walk. I mean, I had one gal, she said all kinds of surgeries and stuff. Her goal was literally to walk to her mailbox and back. So every day walk to the mailbox and back. And now she's amazing. But even if that's the only thing she does for the day, she's walked to the mailbox. I think sometimes we expect too much. And, and the reality is most of those people that you see, the, the, the influencers you're following, the Jane Fonda, whoever, it's a very, very tiny fraction of folks. And, and ladies, 99% of us have cellulite. So do yourself a favor. Stop staring at the airbrushed, not real lady. You were meant to have curves. It's just how God made you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Good. <laughs> what do you think, well, Paul? I think the other mind, you know, we deal with mindsets that are negative. So there's a villain, hero, and, and um, victim. victim triangle so you know victims things happen to them they have no control it's just the way it is and the, the, yeah so 
there's a lot of those that, you know, not maybe 100% of their personality on everything, but they just think, man, I, I can't get out of this because it's just, I, I don't know how I got into it or I just don't have the ability to do it. So we work with those people. That's where the coach is key. It's accountability and just breaking that cycle of being kind of below the line. You're either positive, growing, I can make changes in my life or you're defensive, right all the time and can't make these changes because the world does this to me. And the reality mm -hmm. is um, we all we all have an idea of how to be healthier. 80% 80, 80 of the country is overweight. It's not mm -hmm. that simple, wow. right? So having community, which we have an amazing community and accountability and encouragement is really, really helpful. I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to church, right? Like it's similar to all these things that we do because we really are not meant to do life alone. Um, and, and I find it very helpful, even just in the health space. Sorry, Paul, you were going to say something. No, a couple of things. Uh, Tank, could you tell us about A1C or yeah, A1C? What What is that? Yeah, so so How you have glucose. Okay. Oh, sorry. Finish your now, question, Paul. How important that is, to, you know, paying attention to, to that particular thing. Could you address that? Right. So old school, we used to check urine for ketones and, and, and glucose, right? So you got too much glucose in your blood, you're spilling it out of your kidneys and, uh, because there's too much glucose, you can't even metabolize it, right? So you start to create ketones to feed your brain. And so then you're really in serious trouble with the ketoacidosis, uh, which is when your glucose is 400, 500, 600, and you're real sick and you need to be in the hospital and treated with insulin and fluids. Um, but the, but what <laughs> anyone sees, so hemoglobin is a molecule inside the red blood cell that carries oxygen around. It has iron in it which is what allows the oxygen to bind to it. It carries it and it is the oxygen. But it also, because it's a protein, will bind to glucose. The higher the glucose in your blood, the more the glucose binds to that molecule. So they're measuring the amount of glucose that's bound to hemoglobin 1A. And the higher your blood remains high in glucose, the longer each day and the higher it is, the higher that number is going to be. And, and randomly, or probably some study that I haven't read, uh, we've picked six as the cutoff. So if you're above six, you're diabetic. Below six, you're pre-diabetic, and probably four or less, you're 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 in trouble. But who knows where you're going to go? So, and again, we've seen those numbers go completely back to normal once people have gotten off their meds and and their diabetes has gone away. <laughs> so, <clears throat> another thing I want to say about why our program includes food is because uh, one, you're addicted to sugar, every, pretty much everybody is. So we take that away over two weeks, but it has all the micronutrients that you need. So a lot of people, when they try to restrict calories, they aren't getting enough of a variety of foods. And so they're not getting their vitamins, they're not getting their minerals, they're not getting fiber and probiotics, which are the things that help you go to the bathroom. So coming back to the poop conversation. So if you're not going to the bathroom, you need to make sure you're getting good probiotics. You need to make sure you're hydrated, right? But fiber is the number one micronutrient that I see people not have enough of. It's very high concentration in vegetables, um, beans. It makes you fart. So people think something's wrong with them and they don't want to have it. Newsflash, you're supposed to fart, you guys. Flatulence. Flatulence. Sorry. 
flatulence. That's the mature <laughs> way of saying it. Um, <laughs> and so, so what ha- what happens with with a lot of diabetics is, you know, most of them love sweet. And so we do have foods. We have about 60 different food options that are sweetened, but we use monk food, monk fruit and stevia. So they don't have the addictions. So they're happy. They're getting their satisfaction and their blood sugar is getting very consistent. And we, we will not take diabetic clients unless they're checking their A1C or their blood sugar level, because it changes so fast. I mean, they don't even, they won't believe us. Um, so it's, it's amazing how quickly your body can heal itself. Um, if you're just, you know, willing to lean in and a lot of people have tried so many things and they get so frustrated, they give up, which I understand. You mentioned sweeteners. What do you have about sweeteners? Oh, sweeteners. Okay. The reason diet Coke or diet pop is not so great for you is, and they're starting to change some of it but it's sweetened with things like aspartame or Splenda. So um, aspartame and like NutraSweet, all those, they cause the same chemical stimulation in your brain for sugar. So although you're not taking in the calories, your brain's like, yes, thank you so much. And by the way, it's more addictive than heroin. So you're craving sugar throughout the day. And that's one of the other things is what you start your morning with, what you eat. A lot of people want to skip breakfast. That revs your metabolism and that will set your taste buds. So if you start your morning with a chocolate croissant, guess what you're going to be wanting all day? Something sweet, right? If you start it with eggs or an oatmeal or whatever, you're not going to be craving so much the sugar. But um, Splenda, I I have a love-hate relationship with. So Splenda comes from a plant, so it's not a chemical. It will kill about half of your microbiome. So that's your healthy bugs in your stomach. So what I, colon in your colon, back to to the flatulence. So if I have a client that really likes Splenda, I tell them to make sure they're getting a probiotic and you can get natural probiotic, any fermented fruit or any fermented food like pickles or sauerkraut or kombucha, that is a natural probiotic. So I mean, that's way better than taking a pill. Um, but, uh, so Splenda is not horrible because it's not making you want sugar again. Mm. Monk fruit and stevia come from plant and stevia. I really like for coffee, that kind of thing. We, we, at our house, we have a bubbly machine, um, a soda stream and the kids have drops that they can add to make soda, um, every flavor you can find them all over the place and there was stevia. So it's not, it's not causing the addiction, the craving, any of that. And you get that sweet. So I really like stevia, but if you're into baking, I like monk fruit for baking because the stevia, it's kind of grainy. If you bake where the monk fruit, it blends really nice. And that is one for one for sugar. So any recipe that you use, you could just substitute it. Um, yeah, those are my sweetener recommendations. What What about the waters right at that one spot? You know, like you get just the soda, excuse me, the seltzer water with nothing but uh, a spot of lime. There's no aspermonte, anything like that. But It's great. They- it's great. And a lot of people give bubbly water a bad rap, like somehow it's not good for you. If you want bubbly water, if you want, you know, there's all these LaCroix and bubbly and 
go for it. That counts. That is hydration. It's good for you. I like when I go to a restaurant, I like to get soda water and I usually have a lime or a lemon. And so yeah, it's yeah, okay. Good. It's a little treat. I got I one mean, right. Personally, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> are, you are. You are. Yeah. 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 I grew up swimming from yeah. I grew up swimming from six and a half on and so I can't stand just plain water. Oh, so yeah. it's got to have some kind of taste to it. Yeah. Yeah, chlorine. Yeah, chlorine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chlorine withdrawals. Yeah, right. Yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> is there a tank? Is there a. So blonde. Or, is, um, is, there, is there any validity to a person having somewhat of a set point for their weight? I mean, some people, you know, they just don't vary more than two or three pounds either way, you know, kind of thing. Is there is there validity to that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think some people have higher metabolisms and, and then I think they also don't absorb as much calories sometimes. Those are the two reasons why they may remain thin. But there there are those people that are what we call skinny fat. So uh -huh. if they're not doing something to build muscle, they look super lean and like a lot of models are this way mm -hmm. super lean but really because there's not much muscle underneath that their percent body fat could be 40. gotcha gotcha yeah. and uh how about being a being a heart patient myself you know one of the things that i've gotten used to is i call them for breakfast i have fake eggs uh which are mm -hmm. you know the products kind of thing like that uh yeah. healthy choice is that a, i mean is that a, uh -huh. a good yeah. good choice over over eggs you know for example yeah well so i my actual like my favorite breakfast would be one egg our neighbor brings us fresh eggs <laughs> and then i add a lot of egg whites okay. um because although it is a healthy fat it's high in fat and then i i add cauliflower rice. It's basically tasteless and it gets you your vegetables. So I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but if you like oatmeal, add mm -hmm. half a cup of cauliflower rice to your oatmeal. You can add it even into like pastas for kids. It doesn't, it tastes like whatever you're making. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Costco, you can get a bag of it, Trader Joe, all kinds of places have it already made. And now you're getting this great cruciferous vegetable with all this fiber in your body. So those are, that's a great thing to have, Paul, for breakfast. It's completely fine. Yeah, the, it, it turns out the yolk is kind of huge in fat. So it, it makes sense because that's where the embryo is and it's going to need a huge source of fat, protein, and carbs. So you get rid of the yolk and you have mostly a much lower amount of, of all those things, but really all almost all the fat's gone out of that so it's just a little bit of carbs and mostly protein so it's a complete protein which the only other one i know of is breast milk so quinoa, oh in yeah. small amounts so that just means you have all these different amino acids that make up your proteins and some of them have to come from food and most of them don't have all of what you need which is why a variety you know people a lot of us are regimented and we eat the same exact thing every day which we have to be careful about because then we're probably going to have some micronutrient that's off, you know, miss, missing some iron or vitamin or something. Yeah. Mm. So uh, if, if can we shift gears a little bit? Uh, sure. I just, yeah. just ask a question. Where where do you in your experience uh, tank with medicine? Obviously, they're making 
perhaps profound changes, you know, going on constantly kind of thing. Where do you see, where do you see uh, the treatment uh, um, of patients? Uh, for example, I think one of the, the catchphrases now is managed care. Uh, right. Think about that. Where do you see medicine going, uh, maybe in terms of, uh, of, uh, of, the, of the whole person, you know, rather than just give you a pill for everything do you do you see that that that's the great question and again Stephen, who was one of our speakers for medicare was huge in what i'm about to say so um myself and every other doctors treat about the pathophysiology of a disease let's just take diabetes high high blood glucose leads to a glucose binding to other proteins, your nerves, you get numb feet, you get lack of circulation because the arteries get narrowed. You start to lose toes, you get wounds that won't heal. Um, so you treat the process of that disease. You don't, we're not preventing it. Right. This program does prevent these things, or at least it delays the onset of these things. So heart disease, you eat one high fat diet, all your enzymes go up as if you've had a heart attack. You're much more likely to have a heart attack so right after a high fat meal. Day after day, you can imagine what that's doing to your heart, right? So, so I, I give Obama credit. I mean, the American, uh, the Accountability Care Act, which still exists, was looking at herd management, right? So, uh, different kind of than mangled care. Managed care was more about doctors being motivated by their money and the way they got their money, so that the better I treat my patients. The less they have to come to me, the less time I'm spending, and I still get the yeah. same amount, right? So, um, luckily, that that's the HMO model. But um, the the true thing is that we we treat things with pills. I mean, Steve said fifty percent of Medicare's budget is spent on meds, like uh, like ten of them. Do right? you do you see that changing in your medical community? I, I, I have a website. It's a Facebook page that's supposed to be just for docs, DOs, nurse practitioners, and PAs. And it's a, a little blurb of how I think this coaching program is preventative because it gets rid of the diabetes. It gets rid of the hypertension to big things that you're in a Medicare bill. I mean, we get that cut in half. We had a client talk Imagine. about blood pressure an hour before we got yeah, on this. Yeah. So, yeah. and just a healthier moving lifestyle. I mean, we were on a plane and there were, nine wheelchairs and it wasn't because people were paralyzed or sick they were immobile so i'll i'll say what he won't say because it's his community um i'm shocked how resistant the medical community is to what we are trying to do there are small mm -hmm. pockets wanting to look at the whole person and be preventative the system and the way it's structured does not pay for that we need to change that. And that's something that we're trying to infiltrate. Like right now, you could not have your program paid for through insurance or through an HSA or that kind of a thing. You can have 10 pills paid for through that program. Well, I can yeah. show you that you could be off of that in six months, but there's no insight into that. And then you have even bigger problems where maybe you have someone that's very complicated and they have eight different doctors and they're prescribing different things and they're trying to do a national database for medications. But so you may have someone getting something contraindicated with something else. And when we approach 
I would say nurses are much more receptive, but when you approach physicians about it, I don't know if they're overwhelmed. They don't have the time. They don't. Even the ACA stuff, you know, the hemoglobin A1Cs for diabetes and it's just early detection mammograms for women, colonoscopies for men at 50 or above or earlier if you've got risk factors. Um, you know, they're not preventative, they're early detection. So, which makes sense, but it's, you'd be even better if you could prevent those things. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and there was a guy on and he has some fancy place in San Diego or LA, but he was talking about how preventive and, you know, he they do extra scans that aren't paid for by your, you know, insurance. If you can early detect a disease or a cancer, the survival rate is so high. It's when mm-hmm. these things are found later on and there's damage already. So mm-hmm. I would love to see a shifting. Um, and honestly, we don't have enough medical professionals coming out. There's going to be less and less to basically be band-aiding people for things right. that are preventable. Right. I That's would what love your, that. That's what your friend, he'll be with us in two weeks with his new bride. Oh, yeah, he's and he always says to say hi to that that brilliant young doctor on your program. There you go, Tank. He says that, Steph. You I, I, I pay, I pay him well. I pay him. Well. <laughs> yeah. He'll he uh, he says the same thing. In fact, after he did a lecture, I think at UCSB, uh, some of the doctors came up and said, "If you keep talking like this, you're going to put us out of business." Right. And the fact was, what Stephanie was saying there, uh, you know, he. Uh, he said, we got to do more. And of course, you know, his pulmonary research all speaks about exactly what you're saying. Take care of the right. body, keep the freeway running inside and yeah. keep mobile. Right. Like you said, Steph, he says that all the time. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, we've got about four minutes. Go ahead and wrap up for us. Paul, anything you might say, and I'll give a word at the end of that. for the- I'll just add one, one final thing to the commentary. The budget impact for this program is zero because... It, nothing, it doesn't cost medicine anything. It comes out of your budget for your food for the month. If you can afford groceries, you can afford you can to work with us and you get coaching and habits and community. And again, it doesn't cost America anything. Yeah. There you go. Amen. And, and yeah. what's that website again? Let's tell them again, Steph. What's, oh, what's the... it's, it's wellnesswithsteph.com. So S-T-E-F. It's French. Thanks, mom. Wellness with Steph. <laughs> I'm also on social media as Wellness with Steph, so you can find me there. Yeah. Wellnesswithsteph.com. I'll write that down, folks. Paul, did you have a thought before we round it out I in the corner? I just want to thank you. It's you know, appreciate It's so it can be this whole the whole medical world is so confusing, uh, and uh, you know, for forearm just forewarned to you know kind of you know to, to get good information and, and it's so difficult i think today uh given how much information is available from and and, and it can just be so confusing so you know thanks for helping me clarify, you know some of these things no and i i always tell people i didn't spend 14 years getting to where i am to not answer questions and i'll do it for free any day. yeah we and we give a lot of free content on our social media. And one thing I just wanted to say, cause a lot of people are like, are you keto? Are you intermittent fasting? Are you, I'm neither one of those for lots of reasons. And I could tell you why on another thing, but a lower glycemic diet. huge. So you can look up lower glycemic. So that's just lower sugar content. It's more complex in the carbohydrates that you're going to have. And this is like a podcast for a whole nother day, but 
I honestly believe a lot of our kids being diagnosed as ADD, which would be our entire family, is because of the food that we're feeding, the, the inexpensive food, you know, the pastas, those kinds of things. It's a sugar spike for our brain. Mm. And mm. so we expect everyone to, you know, respond in a good way. And uh, if you, you can learn to eat like that the majority of the time, um, you're going to see big, big change in your body. Not all the time, yeah. right? I mean, have the fudge, have the fudge. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Your friend will be back with us, Dr. Sin. Tron, who says to say hi also. She'll be talking. You'll have some great insight there. Folks, we're down to about 50 seconds. So I, I just hate this part. But you realize if you go to our website, you can help support the program and bring uh, this team and bring great people. And that's uh, uh, <laughs> BB, <laughs> bbcradio.com that would be forward BBS. slash raising BBS. expectations. <laughs> what did I say? There we go bbsradio.com there you go bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations if you'll go to that we're with paypal and paypal will really help to get the money i guess we got some station dues coming up pretty quick here's some big money so we could use your help on this thanks so much uh my mind is with these people i just love this part so you can help me on the other part that'd be great steph and and tank thanks Thanks so much for sharing with us. And uh, I'm going to forward any emails or texts I get to you so that we'll be able to go from there and uh, and get right. well, everybody. And, and hug those the, hug those tree trunks you got for boys. Great swimmers. Those those guys, they look terrific. We're praying for them. They're man. giants. They are. And let's pray for Ron also. Uh, I didn't know if yeah. I should let that out. I didn't get to read the message. Thanks, Paul, for bringing that in because I didn't yes. see the text. But uh, we'll pray for Ron. All right, on behalf of everybody here and Ron and his family, as you pray for them, and especially, don't forget, wellnesswithsteph.com. Get down there and find out what's going on. We'll see you next week. Next week, we've got Richard Ray back from Mission Trip. Fox 4 News will be with us from Dallas, Texas, so you'll want to see that one. We'll see you next week. God bless and keep you. And remember, he's got things planned you can hardly believe. Just listen in and follow him. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Friends. Thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom, it can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.